Welcome to Surrey Matters, a podcast going behind the scenes, meeting the people bringing services to you, talking to residents about what matters to them and their communities, and letting you know what's going on in your county. Brought to you by the Surrey County Council Communications Team. Hi, I'm CJ, and today I'm joined by Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Hi, CJ. So what are we talking about in episode two? So this episode, we go down by the river to find out what's happening with the River Thames scheme in Surrey, which I have to say, with all this rain recently, Danielle, it's quite comforting to know that they, what they've got planned. We check out a great way to keep the kids entertained this summer with the Surrey Nature Explorer Passport, and trading standards are highlighting some holiday scams to ensure it's a suitcase you're looking at and not a court case. So who have you been catching up with, Danielle? Well, I found out about how you can donate or collect free period products across locations in Surrey. Brilliant. Okay, so first up, let's head to the river. Good morning. I'm talking with Jackie Bandy from the Environment Agency today. How are you today, Jackie? I'm good, thanks, Catherine. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So um, you're going to tell us a little bit about the River Thames scheme and what that means for Surrey. Yes, I'm going to talk to you about River Thames scheme today. Could you just give us a little brief overview of what the Environment Agency do? Yeah, Catherine, the Environment Agency are responsible for creating a better pace for people and wildlife. And part of their role is flood risk management. And that's what the River Thames scheme uh, that and social environmental outcomes is, is what the River Thames scheme is all about. OK, um, and so what is the, what's happening with the River Thames scheme now? So we've been developing the scheme since 2009 when we did the Lower Thames strategy. And then after the 2014 floods, there was... 10 organisations that got together to invest in developing the scheme further and last month in June we got the okay from Treasury to spend the money on the next phase of detailed design. So that really means that we're getting all of the consents that we need to build the scheme and also getting a supplier on board to, to start that construction. For residents, the, the biggest thing that they'll see at the moment is us coming out to talk to them about what that design will look like. And that's part of our consenting process. OK. And where, whereabouts in Surrey is this affecting um, in terms of boroughs or districts and boroughs? It starts. So um, the scheme is really we're going to build two new rivers alongside the River Thames. Um, we call those flood channels and also okay. increase the capacity at uh, existing weirs at Sunbury, Molesing and Teddington and also the Desborough Cut. So it's quite a long um, stretch of the River Thames, starting uh, sort of Egham Way right the way down to that Teddington stretch. And then alongside with that is all of the landscape that we want to build. So that piece I talked about in terms of uh, new new habitat and new open spaces for people to enjoy. And those two new river channels, where will they be exactly? Um, so there's one in uh, Runnymede and one in Spellthorn. Wow. And and how long are they, uh, does that sort of, to build a new river channel, that sounds like quite a big job. Uh, how long does that sort of take from start to finish? Yeah, so like I said, the, the next phase really is developing that design and making sure that it's... Um, the, the right design to go forward to manage flood risk, but also develop all of those extra, um, all of that landscape vision. So we're looking at around about the middle of this decade to start construction, and it's about a four-year construction programme. Is there is there anywhere where residents can have a look at what the plans are or any inf more information about the scheme? We're starting to develop all of the, the 
uh, things that we need for residents to have a look at at the moment we've got the gov.uk site we have a page on the river thames there now that we've got this investment we're really starting to target um, our plans for local local communities so that they can have their say um, the process that we go through is a development consent order process and there's really good information online about how you can be involved in that process and we'll start to talk to communities more about that over the coming months so um the where's the money coming for the for the project then jackie there's big investment from government so government are putting around about half of the money into this but also surrey county council are putting in 237 million pounds from their 270 million pound surrey flood alleviation program so it's a real partnership between government and surrey and the environment agency and surrey are working in partnership to deliver the scheme but it's also very much around all of our wider partners. I talked about 10 organisations coming together to develop the scheme after the 2014 floods. And so we've got local authorities, Elmbridge, Spelthorne, Runnymede, Kingston. And yeah. then we've also got Thames Water and some local enterprise partnerships and the Thames Regional Flood and Coastal Committee. So all of those organisations are involved and, and have contributed to the development of the scheme. So it's, it's very much a big partnership and the Surrey and the EA are working with that investment to, to deliver the scheme in partnership. So I've got a question, not really about um, project management and all that, but I just want to know what happens to the fish when you're doing all of this? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I'm not the expert. I'm not the fish expert. Um, we okay. have a big team of people who are experts in all of this and absolutely are looking at the environmental effects and, and what will happen during construction and how we make sure that we look after people and, and wildlife whilst we, whilst we build the scheme. Lovely. Well, thanks for your time today, Jackie. It was great to talk to you um, and good luck. Thanks, Catherine. Nice to meet you. If you're a parent in Surrey and scratching your head for ways to keep the kids entertained this summer, you should check out the Summer Nature Explorer Passport. That sounds great, CJ. So what's that all about then? Well, it's a new initiative to get families out and about exploring our beautiful countryside. 15 exciting challenges for the kids to complete and they can collect stickers for their Nature Explorer Passport. There's some great prizes. There's a £100 voucher for Go Ape, a £100 voucher for Bockets Farm or an annual family membership to the British Wildlife Centre with £150 up for grabs. Oh wow, so great prizes and we do love a sticker. So where do people pick up the passport then? So the passport can be collected free from one of Surrey's 52 libraries or you can search online for Surrey Libraries Nature Explorers for more information. We went along to meet one of Surrey's budding young explorers to see what they're most excited about with the challenges. Could this be the next David Attenborough? Hello girls, can you tell me your names? Evie. Hello. Sophia. And Evie and Sophia. Okay, and how old are you Evie? I'm seven. You're seven? Five. And you're five. And do you like going out in the countryside in Surrey? Yes, yeah. What do you like the most about going out in the countryside? What do you like to see? Well, I like having um, picnics and dam building and going out for a walk. I like listening to nature. Okay. And have you heard of the Surrey Nature Explorers? Is your, is your carer, your mum and your dad, are they going to take you to go and get a passport? Yes. And where are you going to go and get that? Do you know? Um, I think it's going to be the library. 
That's right, yeah. And so what's the most exciting thing, do you think? Is it the stickers or are you hoping to win one of the prizes? Win of well, the prizes. I want to win one of the prizes. Okay, which prize would it be? Go out. Go out. What about you, Sophia? Bockets Farm, lovely. I like all the little pigs. Is it the pigs? Do the pigs race at Bockets Farm? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've just come out a little bit, haven't we? What, where, where are we at the moment? We're by a lake, aren't we? Yeah. And what have we seen already today? Um, we've seen a fox and a heron. A fox and a heron. Let's hope they don't meet each other, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you and good luck with your Surrey Nature Explorer. Um, and pick it up tomorrow from the library and I hope you get to collect lots of stickers and hopefully win one of the prizes. Yay! That sounds great. So can I pick up a passport then, TJ? No, Danielle. You have to be for age 4 to 12. But you can still go and explore our beautiful countryside anytime. That's open to everyone. I talked with Linda Crowley from Buckinghamshire and Surrey Trading Standards. She gave me some insights into the psychology of scammers who might be taking advantage of our desperation to book a holiday this year. Listen on to make sure you're looking at a suitcase this summer holiday, not a court case. So what can you tell us about um, the holiday scams, Linda? What's been happening? Oh, there's so many scams generally about at the moment. They've really increased. And obviously, we're all keen to get away in one form or another. Um, and there's been quite a significant increase in holiday scams, given that we have been restricted. Um, so there's been about 2.2 million lost to holiday fraudsters in 2021 so oh, far. Wow. You know, that's quite significant, yeah, given that we haven't been able to go away. A lot, a lot of them, almost a third, were contacted by um, the suspect, really, following a social media advert. So um, something like Facebook, which was the most common, um, they responded to a post on social media and then they, they ended up being contacted in order to progress the scam with regard to the holiday. Right. So it's mainly on social media then, you're saying? Um, not mainly, but, uh, you know, as I say, a significant amount, about a third mm. came via social media. Other uh, things like cloned websites where they look like they're the original website, but they're cloned. And so people go on those and are caught out. OK, and so, how, would, how would someone know if they were on a on a sort of cloned website or anything? They need to have a look on the URL at the top. So click on that just to check that it is as it's supposed to be, um, that it is a padlocked site, um, that it starts with HTTPS. Um, oh, okay. Secure. Also, if you go on a site, don't feel, um, be diverted to something else or to go away from the site in order to speak directly with someone via email. Right. Okay. Um, and I think you said to me previously that it's a good idea to do a bit of research and maybe I think you said checking the reviews is a good way, isn't it, for looking for negative feedback to see. Absolutely. Um, but, be, but also to be aware of that, I think. Exactly. Check all the reviews. Do some research. You know, scammers love to make us feel that there is a real sense of urgency. And the psychology behind scams generally is that they urge us that if we don't do it now, we're going to miss out on a bargain. Whereas in actual fact, it's really important to research thoroughly. So check the anything that's on, you know, a website around that, any reviews. 
And as you say, be sceptical as well, though, because there are some scammers that will put on positive reviews. So go through a, a list of them and just see what the feedback is for that provider. You know, how how is it that people are, are being scammed out of their money? Is there a certain way that the scammers do take your money, a certain type of payment method? Um, it's best, if you can, to always use a credit card. And as I say, don't be diverted away from a site. So sites like, for example, Airbnb, they will deal directly with the booking. And if you ever see on those sites a, um, a telephone number or an email for the individual that's supposed to own um, yeah. the hotel or the, the place that you're going to go to, then be suspicious about that because normally, as I say, it's always done through the facilitator like Airbnb. Don't ever be diverted away. Don't ever click on links um, that aren't connected to that website. And did you you said something to me about if you do a banker's draft, that's it, you won't get compensation. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's difficult. There is some protection for for what's called authorized push payments. So if you're defrauded and you pay to a third party who is the fraudster, um, there is some protection through the banks if they're part of that scheme. Um, and there is protection if you pay with a credit card. But if you effectively are paying in a way by, by cash effectively, then yeah. it's unlikely you will get your money back. There have been some horrific cases of people that have actually um, bought what they thought were airline tickets from a legitimate provider and then mm. they've gone to the to the airport before they've realised they can't check oh, in. Oh, no. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, isn't it? Just, just go and get another coffee, I guess, at that point. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the, you, you mentioned there were some organisations that you can, that sort of give you sort of a stamp of approval, aren't there, when you're, you're booking holidays? Yeah. So, you, so certainly if it's a package, use um, ABTA. And if it's a package, so if it's, it's a flight and something else, then you will be protected by Atoll if they're an Atoll member. But I would also suggest that you always check with ABTA and Atoll that they, you know, the claims they're making are correct because it can be that obviously they're saying they're ABTA or Atoll approved when actually they're not. Right. And what does, um, it's ABTA, isn't it? A, B for Bertie. A, B, B, A, yeah, Associated. Yeah, okay. Association of British Travel Agents. And and is this is this holidays abroad mainly or in the UK or is it is it just kind of going on everywhere at the moment? It's everything. I mean, we're, we're all so keen to get away, aren't we? We've had a, a year and a half yeah. and um, we don't know. We don't mind. I think if we can go abroad, then obviously it can be flights, as I've said, with respect to, um, you know, people thinking they're getting a legitimate flight when it's a cloned site or it's a... Uh, a fraudster basically selling you something that doesn't exist um, but it can also be something local you know it can be a residence in the UK which people think exists and pay for right. find out that it, it doesn't exist right okay so just just to do a bit more research around stuff isn't it that's probably a good piece of advice so is there anywhere Linda that you would um, say people should go to find out more on information on holiday scams um, well, there, there are a few organisations, so you can um, report any and get any advice from Citizens Advice Consumer Helpline, um, and that's through 0808 
But also, I would suggest that if you're suspicious about anything, and certainly if you've been caught out, do report it to Action Fraud uh, as well, which you can do on 0300 123 And they also have some good holiday scam advice on their website, which is www.actionfraud.police.uk. That's brilliant. Thanks for all of that information there, Linda. Let's hope that a lot more people get to go away on holiday this year because we certainly all need a break, don't we? Yes, absolutely. And just, you know, be careful, as I say, do your research. I went to meet Manjeet Gill of charity Binti International to find out about period dignity in Surrey. Okay, so if you'd just like to briefly introduce yourself for the listeners... Hi everyone, my name is Manjit Gill. I am the founder and the CEO of Binti International. We were the first period charity in the UK. Uh, we have offices in India, in the US, and we've just opened an office in the Gambia. Um, and can you tell our listeners a bit more about your work with Surrey County Council to provide free period products in Surrey? Yeah, so actually it's um, an amazing story in so many ways because um I guess as a charity that does a lot of work internationally, uh, what we found during COVID was this dire need to focus at uh, the work that was um, required locally. And I think in the back of my head, although we've, uh, we're obviously registered in, in Surrey as a charity, I never actually thought that we would be working locally because we always have this idea that Surrey is a wealthy county and that um, I mean, it's obviously very green and beautiful. Um, and I guess this idea that some women wouldn't have access to period products um, or couldn't afford them, even in Weybridge where I live, um, just wasn't something that ever came up. But during COVID, of course, um, we started providing products to food banks in the local area and other services like essential items and even just uh, regular food. Um, we were one of those organizations that got quite busy when the, co- when the pandemic first hit. So it was like a really, really interesting um, transition from doing a lot of work internationally and then nationally to then start exploring what impact we could make in Surrey. And our conversation started We're working with Surrey, who became the first county in the UK to provide free period products and also, more importantly, to eradicate stigma with us. And and can you tell the listeners a bit more about where they can find period products in Surrey and how they can donate? Yep. So actually, we have an app. It's called Binti Period. It's available on, on the iPhone and on Android but also that um, there are collection boxes and donation bins in selected libraries um, and Surrey County Council buildings across the county. Anyone can download the app, as we've said, but you can also go to the Binti website, which is bintiperiod.org. You can find the nearest location where free period of products are available to collect and also where you can donate. That's great. And how can organisations and businesses help with Dignity at Works if they want to get on board and kind of get involved? How would they do that? Again, go to our website, bintiperiod.org, or you can send us an email, uh, hello at binti.co.uk. Our website has all the information on there, so please do get in touch and we'll send out um, a pack that will explain how to get you started. Yeah, that's great. It'll be great to get kind of more organisations within Surrey on board as well, so we can kind of keep the initiative going. 
And if the listeners want to find out um, more information about Period Dignity in Surrey, where's the best place for them to go? If you go to surreycc.gov.uk forward slash period dignity, um, alternatively go to the Binti Period website, you'll find information there too. And last but not least, have you got any interesting or unusual facts about Surrey that people might not be aware of? Um, now let's see. Um, I guess the most exciting one is that, of course, we've been featured in a whole host of blockbuster movies. Um, you may have spotted Surrey in Four Weddings and a Funeral, The Holiday, James Bond film Skyfall, um, amongst many others. Thank you, Andy. It was good to have you. Thanks for listening to our second episode of Surrey Matters. If you'd like to get in touch with us with a question or an idea for what you'd like to hear about in future episodes, you can email us at surreymatters at surreycc.gov.uk. You can also subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice and sign up to our e-newsletter, which goes out every month at surreycc.gov.uk slash surreymatters. This show was hosted by myself, Catherine Jevons, alongside Danielle Murray. The music and production was by Richard Neal, and Surrey Matters is a production of the Surrey County Council Communications and Engagement Team.